You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. Want to ride like a varsity athlete? Sally Batten's book, The Athletic Equestrian, is now available to order. Whether competing in the show ring or riding at home on the trail, every rider wants to be more secure and balanced in the saddle and effective with their aids. This innovative guide uses highly effective exercises honed over Coach Sally's 35-year coaching career to develop your athleticism on horseback. This proven rider training system will sharpen position and vastly improve your skills in the saddle. Order now at www.athleticequestrian.com. Welcome back to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and today I'm very excited. It is our 100th episode, and we have been doing this for about two years now. And my team and I are really excited with the success of the podcast. And thank you all for listening through all these episodes. So my special guest today is Archie Cox. Archie Cox rode for the Drew University IHSA team in New Jersey after a successful junior career, which included ribbons in the medal and McClay finals. In 92, he moved to California, where he worked with top trainer Karen Healy, and in 2000, he opened his own operation, Brookway Stables, in Lakeview Terrace, California. Archie is a large R hunter and equitation judge, and his horses and students have won hundreds of championships across the country. So welcome, Archie, to the podcast. Uh, Sally, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. It was great uh, catching up with you at Harrisburg this year, the Pennsylvania National. Uh, it brought back a lot of wonderful memories from riding in college. Yeah. I find it hard to believe it was so long ago. I know. I know. But uh, but it was. And uh Probably the best thing I'd say about my riding in college was I would do it again in a heartbeat. That is awesome. Why don't you start us? We I want to hear more about riding at Drew. And that's where I first met you. I coached at Centenary and you were a student at Drew in my region. And I obviously remember you because you were such a talented rider, but also for another notable reason that we'll talk about in a little bit. But yes. um why don't you talk about where you grew up and how you started riding, and let's just take it from the beginning. Uh, well, I was surrounded by horses. Um, my grandmother did Morgan horses and saddle horses in New England. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my uncle was into Morgans, and my first horse was a Morgan. Yep. So I was right from the get-go. I was exposed through my grandmother, Mrs. Phyllis Cox, two horses, and then where we lived on Long Island in Locust Valley, New York, I was surrounded unknowingly um, 
by some of the most notable horsemen in our country. Sure. I might say I lived uh, down the street from Bunny French, who was a notable rider in the 70s and 80s and had top horses with Rodney Jenkins. I lived across the street from Susie Humes, and I would go over and see her horses. And eventually, uh, we kept some horses at her barn. And she is a nationally recognized trainer and judge, uh, advocate for horses. And I lived up the street from Tracy Topping, who is an uh, uh, avid amateur rider and owner of uh, horses in the professional divisions. Mm-hmm. And, and those three people helped guide my mother uh, through my equestrian career as a junior rider. Uh, my mother witnessed uh, Mrs. French, Bunny's mom, taking her uh, to whether it be to Hunterdon or to Cedar Lodge off Long Island. Uh, so we were sort of accustomed to travel at a young age. Right. Um, and I, I say I owe a lot to those people because they, they my mother was exposed to the top of the sport, uh, knowing nothing about horses herself. So I was very lucky. Um, I was lucky Mrs. French really liked horses. Yeah. And, and, and she must have liked you to kind yep. of take you under her wing. And she uh, exposed me to horses. I remember seeing Rodney Jenkins um, ride Coastline and Idle Dice at some of the Long Island horse shows. And I didn't realize that Rodney Jenkins was one of the best in the world and probably right. the best. America at the time. Uh, so I was right away very lucky to be at the top of the sport. And as I navigated my junior years, my mother uh, was probably the most driving force. She did everything for me from driving the horse trailer to an endless number of horse shows in rain, in snow. Uh, I, can, I can say in sleet. We went over that Rogs Neck Bridge and George Washington Bridge almost every weekend at different horse shows. Wow. Uh, and uh, showed some as a junior at Centenary. Yeah. They showed there, I believe, in probably 83 and 84. Uh, but when you were there, I think before it was uh, renovated, I think it's a little bit different now. Yeah, that's right. I started in 84. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I had great exposure to the top of the sport and my mother's uh, ambition and my ambition kept us going from horse show to horse show uh, just on the weekends. But it, we navigated our way into Madison Square Garden uh, and Harrisburg showed at those horse shows 1983, 1984, yeah. 85, 6. Wow. Uh, and then in the spring of 87, I started at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey. And my ownership of horses uh, slightly waned. It was, you're going to college. And lo and behold, there was a riding team. Oh, so you didn't you didn't pick Drew because there was a riding team. You you got in, you went there, and then you discovered. Well, I 
I, I have to say, I probably did pick Drew because of the riding team. I, okay. <laughs> a few different schools, and it seemed like they all had riding teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might not have mentioned that at the time, but I, it was pretty easy to read that they had a, a IHSA riding team. And I did that, and we would drive down to uh, Jack and Katie Benson's farm in Old Book, New Jersey. Called Briarwood, where the team rode, and uh, not far from Centenary. Yeah, and really magical years. The time we're driving down for our lessons, and the camaraderie and seeing all different levels, it was magical. That's all I can say. Yeah, uh, and how was that for you going from a, a individual sport to turning into you know turning into a team sport? How was that for you? Well, it was, uh, it was, I guess you'd say enlightening, uh-huh. but a lot of fun because I'm relatively competitive uh-huh. and, <laughs> and I, I wanted the school to win. Right. So for the school to win, your team has to win. Yeah. So I, I do remember, I think we were up at West Point showing and there was a young girl on the team, probably a freshman, and she was in the inner introductory level classes, maybe a, a intermediate, something on the flat. And I kept saying brighter. And every time she'd come around, she'd smile more. <laughs> <laughs> because and she I, had no idea. No, nope, she just thought that meant a happier face. Yeah, and don't we love those walk trot riders? I had one and when I was at Dartmouth who was from Texas and he he wore his cowboy boots, you know, to the show. He kind of wiped out one day right in front of the van, you know, on the snow and but he gets into his very first class and we have him all dressed up. He's totally clueless. He walks past the judge and and says morning ma'am how are you doing this fine day and we're like no no you don't talk to the judge (laughs) (laughs) well needless to say i can i can say i learned about teaching because i remember that that specific uh time i was at at i think west point with joan greenberg yeah oh sure joan yeah the coach of drew and a good friend of mine yeah and finally, when the girl came out, I, said, I kept saying brighter and you didn't, you're supposed to go faster. She said, I didn't know that. I just kept smiling <laughs> <at> her. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, so I, I can say I learned about teaching that day. And 35 years later, I still remember it. Right, right. And, and. I was remembering when I bumped into you at Harrisburg, we were recalling the story. Uh, tell our listeners about that fateful day and, and what your number one piece of advice for uh, jumping in, in IHSA is. Well, Sally, Sally, we were laughing at Harrisburg. And probably the most important piece of advice I can give anyone is uh, jump the middle of the jump. And why is that? I was uh, showing, and I'd like to think it was a jumper class, but I don't think they have jumper classes. No, they don't. 
So it was an equitation class or a, or a hunter type class. And I yeah. knocked over the standard with my knee. Yeah. And in the process, I dislocated my knee. Yeah. And while on the horse, and I remember Charlie Brown was the horse. Okay. Wow. Katie Benson still remembers it as well. Yeah. And uh, Charlie stood like a stone, but they had to uh, get me off the horse very carefully by putting a, a board behind the saddle. And I had to shimmy onto that board. Wow. And then I, I do remember driving up the hill towards Centenarian Snowbird up this windy hill yeah. to the hospital to get that my kneecap put back uh in place yeah yeah the moral of the story is there's a reason the trainers tell you to jump the center (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) uh but again you know that it's just one more great memory i have from the ihsa no yeah no no one knocked over the standard but me yeah right right steering or not steering right um and yeah, at Briarwood, I just remember it. I'm just thinking about it now. And I remember at the time the pain and, oh, it was terrible. But then they put it back into place and it felt completely normal. Wow. Uh, again, I just uh, sort of reminiscing about it. It was, yeah. again, I would do it all again. Yeah. It was a time, whether we were up at, um, in Poughkeepsie, we would show up at, uh, Roseview, which was Tom Strazeri's barn. Mm-hmm. I remember Centenary, uh, West Point. There were lots of different places that we'd go. And the horse shows were awesome. I want to say maybe up near I think Pace. Uh, Pace. Pace. I think we showed at Pace, maybe even on campus. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Some. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I want to talk about your what you did next after college and, you know, what started your professional career. But before we get to that, what what kind of, I guess, life lessons did did competing on that team and and, you know, all the different aspects, because it's not individual. There you were. I assume in a position of leadership too, by the time you were a junior and senior. So what, what kind of lessons did the team teach you that you've kind of used through, through your professional career? Well, I would, I, number one is be very clear, speak with clear intentions. Okay. That (laughs) telling someone brighter doesn't always mean they'll go faster. Right. (laughs) Right. And that when you're, whether you're in a barn or on a team, you're still, you're competing. There's camaraderie among each other. And you really want to cheer each other on. And that's something that is uh, priceless. You can't, when you have that feeling of wanting your students to do well, all of them to do well as a group. And seeing when someone is a little down, trying to raise them back up. Yeah. All of those things you learn uh, be, be participating on a team in the practice and the, the, 
quite a few good friends. Uh, Karen Sykes, I still see and keep up with, who you might remember. Oh, yes. I, I'm good friends with Karen. Yeah. They're, uh, and yet there are very few other people from college that I have stayed in contact with. Huh. So the horses have, have uh, binded you together, right? Riding team, the, the interest in horses, it's definitely something that has held us together. That common interest uh, has is a binding force. Right, right. So, so after you graduated, what did you major in? I was a political science major and an English minor. Okay. Sort of thinking, uh, you know, maybe there's law school. Um, I considered being a lobbyist. I'm. Uh, passionate when I would like to argue a point. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm quite uh, persistent about getting my way. Okay. And I thought that was something that I could uh, really delve into would be the politics and becoming a lobbyist and digging my heels in for a cause. Right. But again, I, I sort of knew... Much like choosing a school that had riding, I sort of had this idea that I was going to be a professional horseman. Okay. Uh, life with horses was all I ever imagined. Yeah. And telling that to my family was a little bit harder. I was a little bit chicken to do it. Yeah. And looking back, my grandfather was a lawyer. My dad was a, is a banker. Mm. and to say oh oh, by the way we're not going to wall street or law school we're going to the barn right it's it's kind of like what i hear about actors when they tell their parents they're gonna go you know to broadway yeah (laughs) and they're horrified (laughs) and and you have big lofty goals and uh, at that point i was getting out of college and I was freelancing a little bit around New Jersey. And I, at that point, this was pre-internet. So I, yeah. I mailed six letters to different trainers in California. Wow, bold. Yeah, I sent my little letters and said, this is what I've done. This is what I want to do. And uh, I was lucky enough that Karen Healy, I had known from uh the indoor fall horse shows okay and she said you know i think the timing might be right uh she had someone that was considering leaving but uh didn't want to leave her high and dry and in april of 92 i came out for a weekend okay uh, maybe five maybe a whole week and i just thought it was magnificent yeah, I'll bet. I thought, oh, I, all these names are so fancy and it sounded so pretty. Yeah. I came out to a horse show in Industry Hills and I thought it was, what well, was something different? So you always think different is better. Right, right. And I had a great time, had a great time at Karen's Barn. I went, oh, I was actually, I do know what I was doing. I was working for Amel Spadone. Okay. And when I got out of college, I worked for Amel, and that was 
uh, again, amazing. It was a beautiful area of New Jersey, uh, right near Bernardsville. And yeah, yeah right, right near Centenary, the, in the thick of it all. And I came out to California for a week in April. I went home and Karen offered me the job. Mm-hmm. Thought it would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I gave Amel ample notice and Memorial Day of Devon. I finished Devon with Amel and Memorial Day, I got in my car and started driving west. Wow. And I arrived on that Friday, Memorial Day week. And I've been here since. And I had uh, eight and a half great years with Karen. That's great. That must have been like a uh, graduate degree. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned, you learn every, in life, you learn every day if you stop and listen. Mm-hmm. And if you're surrounded by the best and top riders, top horses, and you take the time to absorb it, uh, it's amazing. And I, again, I always say to Karen, I would do it again. Yeah. In a heartbeat, I would do it because I learned so much. You learn, you learn about horses. You learn about what I say, timing. Mm-hmm. When to ask questions, when to keep your mouth shut, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, exposure to so many professionals that came and gave clinics. It was uh, really a, it was amazing learning. And I had originally said to Karen, when I started working, I'd like to work for two or three years and then have my own business. Right. Well, in the spring of 90, no, in the spring of 2000, uh, we were at a horse show in May in San Diego, and I finally mustered up the courage, and I said, Karen, I th- this is, uh, I'm going to start my own business in December, but I wanted to give you ample notice. Right. right. <laughs> Most people don't really give notice in may yes that's right they, they don't normally give a six-month notice no. <laughs> but i gave a six-month notice yeah and i remember sitting in the tack room at uh that horse show and she said well we've had a great run we had a huge business at that point yeah and she understood and she said well she knew the day would come and i Started December 1st of 2000, and I have been at the same facility in San Fernando Valley uh, for 22 years. I just wow. came up with 22nd anniversary, yeah. uh, December 1st, and I like consistency. I've had the same blacksmith, the same bookkeeper, wow, the, the same head. Um, uh, head manager Carlos Soriano has been with me for 22 years. Wow. I've had the same shipping company. Yeah. Same vet. <laughs> and uh, in addition to Carlos, a couple of the other guys have been there all at this point, 18 or 19 years. So, and, and I have to say that is rather unusual in the horse world, right? There's a lot of 
turnover, a lot of coming and going. So you're doing something right, Archie. Well, I, I'm either doing something right, Sally, or I'm afraid of change. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, but I mean, I just uh, seeing you and uh, seeing the the ribbons and the pictures behind you. Yeah, I think of. I'm reminded of the IHSA finals up at Stonely Burnham, and I have a great picture. I'm pretty sure Bob Cashione, who founded the IHSA, started it. Yeah. And uh, Joan Greenberg and yeah. made a coach from Stonely Burnham. Uh, I was national champion equitation on the flat. Oh, awesome. And I remember that. Uh, I remember my, my name went on the same trophy as Greg Best and a girl named BZ Patton. Right. Madden. Yeah, BZ Madden. That's that was, great. Uh, yeah, Greg Best won it one year. Wow. Uh, BZ Patton or BZ Madden won it another year. Yeah. Uh, pre me. And I remember thinking, this is really amazing. Like, because I think Greg had already been to the Olympics. Yeah. And uh, I think he had gone in 88 on Gem Twist. And I thought, this is quite a, this is a, quite a thing. Quite, and, quite a historical moment for you. And, and I can guarantee you that Bob Cashione is in that winner's circle picture. Yeah. Uh, Bob Cashione's passion for the horse world and his undying love of the IHSA is, it's remarkable and it's something really to be applauded. That's it right. was, I think it was his idea, however, 40 plus years ago. And it has seen some of the best riders in our country go through it. Right. And it really changed the landscape of the horse world, you know, because it it's catch riding. And so suddenly, uh, you know, for, for these colleges, you didn't need a huge string of horses. You, you did to host the home show, but you didn't to, you weren't schlepping your horses all over the country. So. No, it was great. And I, I'm again reminded, I'm thinking of Joan Greenberg driving the school van with yeah. all of, uh, to the different horse shows all around New Jersey and, and how fun it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember the ice and the snow and all of us packed in the gray van. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> and again, th those memories are priceless. Right, right. And and so you're not driving around a gray van anymore, but, um, you know, even though you're, you're, you're a homebody, you don't like change, but really the life of a professional on your level you're you're a nomad right you're you're well, picking up and moving your your caravan here and there and across the country i tell you what uh i am uh i'm a traveler let's say that but i'm so impressed with uh all of the, the top of the sport where we're a lot of nomads and 
let me just be clear. It's work. Yeah. We are travel. We are traveling. We're organizing the logistics. Uh, just on sun this past Sunday, uh, would have been maybe December eleventh. Could mm-hmm. have been eleventh. Uh, McLean Ward made history, winning the Rolex final in Geneva. Mm-hmm. And this week, I see he's going to be showing in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm. You know it. To be successful, it takes a lot of work. Right. It takes a lot of work. And I think one thing that you can always circle back to is it takes a team. Yeah. Whether it's an IHSA team or a team of uh, horsemen and horses, it, you learn. I learned at a young age. It, it, they say uh, it takes a village. Yes. And you learn about that riding at a college, riding on a team. Right. You know, really the camaraderie that you have. I mean, McLean Ward has an unbelievable team. Yeah. Of farriers, of veterinarians, of horses, of uh, groomsmen, you name it. But you learn how important that team is at every level. Mm -hmm. The walk trot rider, the point. Well, it used to be a point rider. Yeah, they still have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that point rider is an important person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I win my class. That's one thing, but we gotta make everyone win, and that's a different mindset. Right, right. And in college too, it's the there's even you know when you're singular, maybe in your junior years, depending on how cutthroat your barn is, there's really not a lot of intermingling with other barns but in the collegiate world you're sitting right next to them in the stands or in your chairs around the ring and you get to know talk about that a little bit that you got to know obviously the coaches from the other team and the you know the the other I mean it's it's funny I'm I've been out of the collegiate world for so long uh but I am reminded uh, I became very good friends with Aaron Kennedy and Miranda Scott. Now, Miranda is still a rider professional in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we often reminisce about the, the IHSA horse shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aaron Kennedy was a rider, obviously. And uh, her brother, Oliver Kennedy, runs uh, horse shows up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And I would not, I, uh, I met Miranda and Aaron through the IHSA. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing, I think, I think this was how we did it. At least we did back then. You, when you drew for the horses, you stood in line. Mm-hmm. So uh, like all the open riders would stand together and we would draw out of a hat. Yep. Uh, do you still do that? Yeah, um, it's done. It's done that way, or there's other ways to do it that are a little less time consuming. Right. I know. <laughs> well, but d- definitely at nationals and and at zones, it's a huge deal. Like they have a theme. One year they had a gigantic like plinko board with the horses' names coming down, or sometimes they'll have a a, a mock Kentucky Derby, and the riders are 
standing at in the gates. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, and, and all those things bring people together. Yes. I mean, I, I remember Aaron were open riders. Uh, somehow I feel like Fred Baldy was an open rider. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny just thinking back. And I got a, I was a little bit luckier uh, with my size. Sometimes I got to redraw because I was so tall. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes the horses weren't tall, tall enough. Uh, so I would, I was always, I always had a pretty good horse. Yes. Or at least they were tall enough. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so Archie, you know, I know you're a very busy man with the horses, but what do you like to do in your free time? What else do you like to do? What do you enjoy? You know, it's funny. I, I enjoy going to the gym. I lo- enjoy bicycling. I, I like activity. Okay. Um, I I like activity. I guess I guess I'd say, and I, you know, my my free time. I'm thinking about horses. I'm thinking about what we can prove. <laughs> yeah, my and and I'm happy doing that. People used to ask me. They'd say like, "Oh, you you have to do something else." And I'd sort of make some things up. And then I, I've come to realize, what do I do in my free time? I organize my schedule. I look at upcoming shows. I look right. at what horses and riders should be going to what horse shows. Right. I am happy to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, we, we're done showing this Sunday. Uh, Sunday evening, I think it might be the 18th, 18th or 19th, and I'm taking the red eye, and I'm giving a a clinic at Marlboro Ridge in Upper Marlboro, Maryland on Monday and Tuesday. Okay. And then I'm giving a clinic Wednesday and Thursday at Frying Pan Park um, in Herndon, Virginia. Wow. Friday, a uh, one-day clinic at the Madeira School. Oh, great. And then I, fly, I fly home Friday night, and Saturday is Christmas Eve. Sunday is Christmas. <laughs> and I'll be on Tuesday morning, or even on Monday, t- teaching away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I like to film, and uh, say I like what I do. When it, I don't think of it as work. Yeah, right. You know, it's exciting to go see someone improve and to realize what words work the best mm-hmm. to make Sally go faster or or that young lady to go brighter to go brighter I mean I got a lot of teeth we got a big smile from her <laughs> <laughs> uh and just you know there's there's at a barn there's always something you can do there's something you can improve right uh, you can always be trying harder to get your boots polished, to right. clean the hat, clean the bits. Uh, right. And all those things are free. They just take time. And if you want to succeed, you know, you look at, say you look at McLean Ward's horse. Mm-hmm. Well, I want my horse to be that shiny. I want my tack to be that clean. Mm-hmm. And 
I want to figure out how to ride that well. And, you know, you bring it back to catch riding. And I just say, often in the mornings, the horses would be schooled. Right. And you watch horse get schooled and you say, I want to do that. Yeah. Okay. That rider, rider A, got the job done. I'm going to figure out how to get the job done. Yeah. You know, I, I say if if that rider can do it, I can do it. Yeah. I'd have to watch and study and, oh, look, I think she's clucking every time she takes off. Right. I think I'm going to try that, too. Right. She's probably for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, the IHSA taught you with cat riding and the schooling in the morning it taught you to pay attention and notice right notice every detail of what went on in that arena yeah um and then as a more advanced rider try to pass that along to some of the younger riders or the greener greener green um and that's you know that's lending a helping hand right Right. It, it, there's so many things that you learn through the IHSA experience. When I, I'd never gone in a van to a horse show with 12 other students. With 12 girls. <laughs> yeah. But you learn, you learn and you learn to make friends and you learn that you're yeah. there all day and you're responsible. There, there's so much. And then to see someone with, whether it be the coaches or the barn owners, the horse owners, to see the passion that Bob Cashione has and has given and yourself, you've been doing this 30 plus years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 35, maybe 35. Yeah. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. You started. At Centenary in 1984, you said. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's passion. And you're happy to do it every day. Right. Right. And to be to be that passionate, you have to be grateful that we love what we do. Right. We're lucky, and aren't we? We're very. I say to people every day, I was, I am lucky. I rarely rarely think of what I'm doing as work. Yeah. I think what I'm doing is fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's always, like I said, it's, it's work. Right. But I'm happy to do it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, Archie, I want to say thank you so much for sharing with everyone your journey and what you learned from collegiate riding and uh and just some little little precious tidbits there that hopefully all of our listeners can take and improve their riding and and their whole journey the british horse society intensive certification program is recognized in 35 countries worldwide Pursue your international certification at Stony Burnham Equestrian Center, located in historic Greenfield, Massachusetts. 
The Stony Burlam Equestrian Centre is the only British Horse Society approved centre in New England. The rigorous programme begins each fall for students aged 17 and above who are interested in earning their international trainer's passport, qualifying them for equestrian careers locally, regionally and globally. Learn more at stonelyburnhamschool.org backslash equestrian. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher. Kitcher.